And welcome into the G.I. Jake Show right here on Fan Run Radio, live in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. What a sports weekend it was. I'm your host, Jake Miller, alongside Brett Hollander, Marcus Young, intern Jack. It is 10.04 on a Monday here in Knoxville. What a weekend. The baseballs get the sweep. The basketballs absolutely throttle Texas A&M in a revenge game in which, guess who lost this weekend? Guess who lost? Alabama goes down to Kentucky, moving Tennessee into first place in the SEC with a tiebreaker. Therefore, Tennessee controls its own destiny with four games left in the regular season. And we're going to touch on this a little bit later. We don't want to bore you down too much. But if you do not like NASCAR and you watched that race yesterday, I do not know what your problem is. Probably one of the greatest finishes that you're going to see in your lifetime. I don't know how that is going to be topped. Tennessee, of course, gets the win over Texas A&M, 86-51. Wade Taylor, it looked like we were about to do it again. Looked like Tennessee's about to let him go off again. Nope, no, sir. He only shot 25% from the field, going 3 of 12 for 11 points, 3 of 10 from three. It's the only shots that he made, plus his two free throws. On the Tennessee end of things, the Adu-Awaka connection, when they're both on the floor at the same time, proved to work again. Dalton Connect led the team, 24 points, seven rebounds. Jonas Adu, 18 points, 14 rebounds. Tobe Awaka, 12 points, six rebounds. Zakai Ziegler only put up nine points, but he had nine rebounds and 14 assists. Like a little Russell Westbrook out there, in a sense, making things happen on all ends of the spectrum. Josiah Jordan James, eight points. Santiago Vescovi, six points. At least they're getting involved. That's all you can say about that. Meshack would have four. Ganey would have three. Cameron Carr would have two, but with a monster throwdown at the end of the game. Brett, how are you this morning? Doing well. Yeah, like you said, it was a great weekend for uh, Tennessee. I mean, you got that news, first of all, on that Friday from the NCAA came down. So that was huge way to start the weekend. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, that popped up, you know, around well, like 5 o'clock or so, I guess. So that was a good start. Obviously, you had baseball, uh, two run rules this weekend. And then basketball, I mean, what can you say? That was just, <laughs> just you know, an impressive performance, you know. Wade Taylor actually, you know, he mentioned he went three for 12, but he hit his first three threes. So he didn't even have another basket except for a couple of free throws. Uh, obviously, you know, you bounce back, maybe not as emphatically as they we did, but uh, yeah, just impressive for the whole team. I mean, you got a little contribution from everybody. So uh, just in a great weekend. And uh, yeah, can't, can't think of anything uh, much more to say than that. Marcus, feeling better, buddy. Yeah, um, I'm alive. Uh, Did you get sick at the quarry? At the quarry? No, no, I didn't get. Man, that. I love going swimming in a quarry. There's nothing better. No, it's it's, it's majestic. It's it's great. It's relaxing. It's therapeutic. No, I I I think it was just one of those things that hit me, and uh, you know, it, it, it thankfully wasn't as bad as it could have been. Right. I got I had minimal symptoms, but it just like it felt weak. And I didn't want to I didn't want to bring a a B game into this show. I didn't want to get my my boy Jack sick. Well, you so, missed it on Friday. We had a humdinger. I'm sure you did. So, you know, one thing I did want to mention, and I think it was something we mentioned last week when I was here. Um, Alabama, we were talking about mm-hmm. trying to catch up to them. 
you know, they struggle on the road, and this was one of those games, Kentucky being on the road at Kentucky, despite how Kentucky has had its moments. Mm-hmm. That was one of those games that it felt like that could be the game that Alabama loses and we get to catch up. And who would have thought that Kentucky would have put up more points than they have ever put up on an AP Top 25 team? I did not expect that kind of outcome. No. And I, and I do worry if they're starting to turn the corner again. But um, I appreciate them helping us in that moment um the other thing was and i'm trying to find the stat some i remember seeing someone tweeting this out i think they were saying like our record when uh triple j scores i think like eight or more points is like 17 and one or something yeah i I think the only loss was carolina right i wish i could find the stat because it's crazy so like jordan moore put it out we don't need him to put up double digits we just need him to be consistent yeah and that's all we've wanted out of him for the past five years is consistency the other thing i saw too was talking about our team and how good we are on offense Mm -hmm. the record we have when we score like 73 points or more is similar i think probably north carolina might be the only game that we've lost where we've scored 73 or more just because of how our defense is but we remain inconsistent when we can't get to that level right so it's one of those games where it's like I was, you know, the first half, a little sluggish. Second half, we put it into the next gear and we got it done. And look, we got some tough games coming up. Uh, you know, all the games we have left are teams that you can expect to see in the tournament. And we have two road games, two home games, and it's not going to be easy. But if you come away from this week, this last four games, three and one. There is no reason why one you still shouldn't you should still be able to win the SEC regular right. season and have a great record for a number two seed. There's no reason why you shouldn't. It's really, good. a number one seed. Yeah, the last number one. That's what I'm thinking. I'm yep. sorry. Yeah, there's no reason why you couldn't fight for that or at least have a high two, if anything. So these next four games are going to be key to to what happens for us in March. Very well is. And looking at the standings right now, Tennessee 11 and 3 in conference. Alabama 11 and 3 in conference. Tennessee has won the tiebreaker as of now. That could change this Saturday. Auburn 10 and 4 in which Tennessee plays on Wednesday, my birthday. South Ooh. Carolina 10 and 4 as well. Another game that Tennessee has. And then Kentucky at 9 and 5 which we will cap off our season. And something to think about there, that very well might be a game in which that game might be your regular season championship game. Now, if Kentucky drops one, they're they're out of the mix, right? But if Kentucky keeps on playing the way they did, like they played on Saturday, you're probably looking at the SEC regular championship going down to that game. It's the last game of the year before we start conference play. And right now, that's uh, – I mean, every team that we play, Auburn, Alabama, South Carolina, Kentucky, those are all in your top four or five spots in the SEC. Florida currently has, I guess, the tiebreaker on Kentucky, but Florida's not even going to be in contention for this. I mean, let's call that like it is. They're not going to be in contention. Jack, you were at the game. Yes. 
How was it just sitting there in the second half? If we're kind of we started off hot in the first, you slow it down a little bit, let A and M catch back up, and then you just break away in the second half. Yeah, in that first half, anytime Wade Taylor touched the ball, it was there was just fear in the crowd after he hit those first three threes. We were like, just guard him. No one else is doing anything else. Guard him. It was close um, for most of the first half. Then we got a 10-point lead to end it. And then, yeah, that second half, I mean, Zakai was just money. He wasn't doing – he wasn't putting points on the board, but good Lord, he was just making every right pass, every slip, um, just did it all. Dalton was awesome. Adu was awesome. Just a good game from everybody and feel-good win, and hopefully we can carry the momentum into this. And if you look at and if you look at the team's last uh, few games, Tennessee's on a four-game win streak. Alabama, of course, lost one to Kentucky, Auburn, South Carolina, Florida, and Kentucky all on a one-game winning streak. Mississippi State is the next team up in the conference rankings, winning their last five. And then there's this gap, a two-game gap, really, between Mississippi State and the rest of the conference. Your next three teams are six and eight: LSU, Ole Miss, Texas A&M. Uh, uh, Texas A&M's lost their last four. Texas A&M has not won a game since they beat us. I don't know what that says about us that we should be, you know, twelve and two in conference play right now. I don't know that. I mean, realistically, when you look at everything going on around us, Tennessee should probably be undefeated in conference play right now. Can everybody agree with that? Because we should not have lost to Mississippi State, South Carolina. They're not a bad team, but we shouldn't have lost that game. And then we shouldn't have lost to Texas A&M. Tennessee very well should be like 14-0 right now in conference play. And that luck rating that we were talking about last week, that's how that is factored in. It's what your record should be versus what it is. And that's why Tennessee's in the minus as far as luck percentage on Camp Palm goes. Still, still don't really know why it's called the luck factor, but, you know, it is what it is. Does anything stand out to you all about what's going on in conference play right now? Uh, I mean, you mentioned South Carolina. And does anything Carolina. scare you? I think you mentioned South Carolina. I think South Carolina is probably the biggest surprise of the of the conference this year. I will admit, I, I think we've talked about this before, Auburn still makes me nervous. It's just one of those games that will always make me nervous, even if it is at home that gives us the edge. But I, like, As long as we don't see what we saw last year, good God. It, it just it it makes me uncomfortable thinking about that game, and Wednesday is going to be a big big game because you lose that, you know Auburn's what one win behind us in SEC play. Yes. So you know that's that's a key game. Then you got Alabama right after it. I, you know this Auburn's always going to scare me, especially when even when it comes to tournament time, like. I, they're one of those teams I hope we just don't somehow match up late in the in the tournament. At it's the Bruce or... Pearl effect. Yeah. I mean, whether you like him or not, we can all agree the guy's a good coach. And he knows how to get his teams ready and prepared to play in games like this. They don't scare me at all because they play up-tempo. Like, that plays right into our hands. It's true. I feel like when teams slow it down, now they do have a big, you know, Broom's good player. I mean, and that, and we've seen Adu have his struggles. Berman's not awful. You know, I mean, he's one of the best bigs in the in the conference. Probably gonna be first team All Conference. I mean, he's gonna he's a walking double double for them. He leads them in scoring and rebounding. So that scares you a little bit. But I, but they do like to get up and down, shoot threes. 
I mean, you know, I, I'm not too overly concerned with that. Obviously, you get them at home. Obviously, you go down there to their place. It's a different story. They're almost unbeatable down there. Um, and then and then you get Alabama. You know, you get the whole it's night game, game day's there. I mean, they're going to be pumped. They know it's going to be for first in the conference. I, I do think – don't they play somebody – now they get Ole Miss, I think, before mm-hmm. us. So, um, they got kind of an easy one. Uh, I mean, it is on the road, but I don't think they'll have any problems with Ole Miss. Uh, you know, South Carolina, I think, is kind of showing signs of what they were projected to start the season. I mean, right. last in the conference. They're not They're not going to put up – they don't scare you offensively too much. They got a guy. That's about it. I, I think we'll win that one. And then Kentucky's Kentucky, the last game of the season. I, I, I see it's going 4-0. You know, I think the only one we're not going to be favored in, maybe it's a pick em. One two point game at Bama, maybe their favorite. But other than that, I don't see us. If we play the way we're capable, and I don't see us losing any any of these four. Does it seem like they're getting hot at the right time, kind of like that Kennedy Chandler team did? It's hard to say because because they I, got really. But a game hot before A and M, you couldn't throw it in the ocean against Missouri. Right. So that worries you. We have you, played like four of the worst teams in the SEC straight. Yes. And yeah, we won all four, but like. But We're when the, comp- the competition's up, forward. like we step up, I think you know that that's the thing. I well, mean, that's been know. a thing across the board for years, not just in basketball but in football as well. I mean, you look, you know, take the Air Force game in 2007 for example. There's no reason as to why Air Force should have been in that game. They should have never been in that game. I don't care if they were running the triple option or not. Philip Fulmer at halftime. We're going to figure out how to stop this dadgum wishbone. Golly, paid fifty dollars to watch that slop. That's back when we had pay-per-view, Marcus. Back in those days. Golly. Stay with us. The G.I. Jake Show marches on right here on Fan Run Radio. Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't... Back here on the G.I. Jake Show on Fan Run Radio, 105.7 FM, 1340 AM online at fanrunradio.com and your free Fan Run Radio app. How about them balls? All of them. How about the Tennessee AG? How about the Virginia AG? How about looking at the NCAA, walking in in a pair of tight jeans, cut off sleeves, and two letters on the front of those sleeveless tees. D-X. Looking at them, holding their hands up in the air, and then bringing them down with a crossing motion, indicating you know what. That is a huge step in abolishing the NCAA. And some people are still out there saying, well, the evil that you know might be better than the evil that you don't. Well, let me tell you, when the evil that you have has been so bad for so long and only targets certain individuals, certain schools, because they feel like, well, they shouldn't be a good football team or they shouldn't be a good basketball team. They just shouldn't be that way. Why shouldn't they be that way? Because they had a down year? 
Had a couple down years. Had a down decade. Why are we protecting Georgia? Because in the case that we had a few years ago, one of the things that was mentioned was the fact that a recruit was given money in a parking lot. Brian Niedermeyer just handed him cash. We go offer him the money, and the mother looks at Jeremy Pruitt and says, well, Georgia's already offered us 175000 And then Jeremy Pruitt looked at her and said, well, you don't have to pay it back. Why isn't Georgia getting punished? If that's in the documents, why is Georgia not being punished? Why is Alabama not being punished? Because, like I've said before, I don't know how an 18-year-old with no job is able to finance an $80,000 muscle car and then hold up $20,000 cash while they're sitting at a car wash. Doesn't make any sense, right? The only time they've ever really went after one of the big dogs and really dropped the hammer on them was USC when it was so blatantly obvious that Reggie Bush and his mother got like a three-quarter of a million dollar house. That's the only time I've really seen them drop the hammer on a blue blood. Because USC is a blue blood in college football. I think we can all agree on that. Mm -hmm. Like, USC normally would be protected. But they've fallen off the map. I think they're less likely to protect USC now. Now, maybe they might protect them again now that they're in the Big Ten for as long as they're around because they're not going to be around much longer. The NCAA, they're going to die. They're not going to make it. They're not going to be around. I'm sick and tired of them snooping around campuses, making unreasonable punishments. How we got away with a bowl ban, I'll never understand. Because at one point two years ago, they had done away with bowl bans, right? They're like, okay, well, we're not going to institute a bowl ban anymore. Well, as soon as the Tennessee thing pops up, well, should we should we uh, impose a sell or a uh, a postseason ban? And I'm just sitting there the whole time. I'm like, wait a minute, like I thought that was gone and done away with. Instead, they're like, okay, well, we're going to slap you with this fine, and you're not going to have this many scholarships. Well, guess what? Because of NIL, we can make up for that. Somebody will just get their tuition paid for out of the deal. That's how that works. That's how that works. Now, I was talking with Rusty this past weekend, and you know he had brought up, I think it was uh, Dartmouth, whose basketball team had unionized, mm-hmm. making them employees of the school. Would that be something that you all would want to see or not? Because quite frankly, I'm uh, – I'm not of the camp that it should happen. I should depend on that. If the athlete wants to do it, right? I mean, it depends. Like, at what point do they become an employee instead of a student? um, That's true. I guess that's a good point. I mean, as soon as they're hired on, I don't know. Like, thing is, like, will there be contracts involved with this? Because if I'm an NIL collective, one of the things I'm doing, I'm instituting a non-compete in every contract that you sign because I don't think NIL is the big problem. I think the transfer portal is more of a problem than NIL is. It's changed the game, that's for sure. It has changed the game. Now, Grant, have we benefited from transfers? Yes. Yeah, we're we went it 11, on the court right now. <laughs> we went eleven and two in twenty twenty two with a quarterback that was a transfer, a wide receiver that was a transfer. We had a bunch of transfers on that team. Basketball right now, we benefited from that. Now, granted, DK could have classified as a grad transfer, which. 
but still out of the But they weren't the biggest of big transfers. Like you're no. saying, like Caleb Williams was the biggest transfer. Caleb you Williams, know, Spencer like Rattler, like, guys like that. Yeah, exactly. Like now, you're, yeah, all American guys. Exactly. Like a transfer from Virginia Tech, right? Or a Juke or a Division two player, right? You know, isn't like nobody, changing anything. Like nobody's I, really mad over those. Like what did Connect really get to come here? I mean, what I mean, Don't what know. is he getting now is is probably I've got changed. An, I've got an idea yeah. of what he's getting, yeah. but um, the fact of the matter is, the transfer portal is your biggest problem here. So, if I'm an NIL collective, what I would do is I would institute a non-compete agreement. Like, hey, listen, if we're going to pay you this money, you're going to have to at least stay at the University of Tennessee for three years. You're going to have to stay at the University of Florida for three years. You're going to have to stay at Michigan for three years. You're going to have to stay at Texas for three years. You got to stay at Alabama for three years. And if should you choose to leave, whatever collective you sign with, they have to buy us out. It's like they have to buy us out if you want out of that agreement. Because guess what? If you leave, that agreement's null and void. You're not getting any money. You can't but, compete anywhere. But I think it's also being seen with the the top high school kids, right? They, they're no, not transfers. Right. But, I mean, now, Bronny James is probably always going to go to USC. I mean, that's where he's from. That's where he lives. USC's a decent program, you know. But, like, Cooper Flagg, I mean, one of the best high school players we've seen, could have gone anywhere in the country, and he chose to go to Duke. You know, how much did Duke put on the table to get him? Well, and he might have gotten the Duke discount on that. Maybe. You, you never know. I and mean, maybe he always wanted to go there, but I don't know that. I mean, that school's got such a following. I mean, it's like Alabama in football. I mean, they were getting the Saban discount forever because it wasn't so much – it's like, hey, we're going to pay you this. Now, granted, those players are still getting paid. We all know yeah. that. But the fact of the matter is, is the Saban discount, it's like, yeah, we're going to give you – we're not going to give you as much as Tennessee. We're not going to give you as much as Georgia. Mm-hmm. But I'm Nick Saban. I've done this long enough. Look at how many guys I've put in the NFL. We're going to pay you this, but I'm going to guarantee that you're going to get to the NFL. Yeah. That's essentially what the Saban discount was. Well, and, and Georgia's going to get a discount now because of you know what Kirby's yeah. been able to do. Well, Alabama's going to have to – really dip into their resources now. They, the Saban's not there. I mean, right. he's on campus. Oh, the Saban discount is gone. Yeah. So, I mean, they're going to have to work to get these guys, you know, which is going to benefit Tennessee. Obviously, it'll benefit Georgia because mm-hmm. some of these five-star guys are going to go these schools now, hopefully. But right. also, the other thing is it's just a pre- preliminary injunction. So, we're going to have to continue to fight this. The NCAA is not going to just lay down. Right. You know, it's obviously a huge win. We thought we were going to win, and we did. And for right now – the NCAA, as you said, they can. It's two hands to the <laughs> that region, and it's, it feels good. And uh, bless you. And even better, you know, to throw it back in the faces of some of these media members as well. You know, those right. guys that were, you know, laughing at us. Oh, Pat Forty didn't have much Logan. say this weekend. Yeah, no, he didn't. I, um, I don't know what Dan Wilkins said. I'm blocked by him. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't even pay attention to those guys. You know, they're they're not worth my time. You know, but it, it does. You know enough about them and what they say, what they write. And they're just disdain for us, and you know, they can get out of here just like the NCAA can. I mean, here's the thing: if you're writing for Sports Illustrated or any of those guys right now, like I mean, Sports Illustrated is pretty much gone, I mean, right? Yeah, they're pretty much disbanded at this point. Yeah, I mean, they're so low they'd get Brittany Mahomes to do Sports Illustrated swimsuit. <laughs> <laughs> but let me ask y'all this: I want you to think from a financial perspective here. Everybody ready? You're offered. By Tennessee, let's not even use Tennessee in this this case. Let's use Miami as the example. You're offered $5 million from each school. 
Miami, Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. Which school would you go to? Football. Yes. Uh, I'd say either Ohio State or Michigan. Just football tradition, and you get the money. Marcus? Run it down for me one more time. Miami, Ohio State, Michigan, or Penn State? Miami's hard to say no. I mean, like – Especially if you have $5 million, but you might get yourself in trouble down there. <laughs> well, it, it, you at least have fun. Like, Miami is one of those programs, man, that you, you – you make it something. It's it's hard to not. It's like it's an easy recruit. They might be the biggest sleeping giant in football. Like it's an easy recruit. Like Miami. They've been sleeping a while. Yeah. Well, yeah. In fairness, so were we. Uh, so, yeah, Miami is one of those programs, man. Like it's you get it going. Well, we were on the we were right there for a playoff spot two years ago. Miami hasn't even sniffed anything. No, they, I, were, they I were eleven and zero, and then lost to Pitt, a losing record Pitt team. To knock themselves out of contention for a national championship not that long ago. Yeah, I mean Miami to me Miami's an easy recruit. Like the where you, where you're located like the type of brand of the bad boys that you have there. It's you get that ball rolling, it's it'd be hard not to want to go to Miami, man. Like you got to get the right coach for it. And they clearly haven't done that since, my personal opinion, you can say what you want about Butch, but uh, really since Jimmy Johnson. I I know what Butch did there, but... I mean, Larry Coker won a national championship. Larry Coker wasn't that good of a coach. Larry Coker's the reason that thing declined. We could go back to the coach that they... Where are you going, Jake? Yeah. I want Jack's answer first. I, mean, I think you're going to Miami. I would lean Miami too, but they're just garbage. So I don't want to. I mean, I you want to be my OC? <laughs> <laughs> to play, Mark is not to coach. To play. Oh, sorry. Yes. <laughs> I I think I would lean Ohio State over yeah. Michigan just because Michigan's dealing with all their stuff, or they're not even dealing with it, but they have those issues. So I think I would lean Ohio State. Yeah. Well, I'm. Approaching this from both a competitive standpoint and a financial standpoint. Each school's offering you $5 million. However, you know, you go up north, you go to Ohio State, you go to Michigan, you go to Penn State, it gets cold up there. Like, it gets cold. $5 million you're traveling, though. It's true. Weekends when you're not playing. This is true. You go down to Miami, you know it's going to be warm. You know there's going to be stuff to do. Now, Columbus is a nice town. Ann Arbor, it's okay. Uh, Happy Valley. It, I mean, if you get the right NIL, you can probably get somebody to follow you somewhere for you. That's true. But from a financial perspective, think about this. There's no state income tax in Florida. You're going to make more money at Miami if you have the same offer from Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State. Because in Ohio, you have a state income tax, and in some cases you have a county tax and a city tax. Then in Michigan, you also have a state income tax. Pennsylvania. Another state income tax. Minnesota has the highest state income tax rate of any state in the country. So if you go to Miami, you're actually coming out on the better end doing that than what you would go to Ohio State, Michigan, or Penn State. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, you got to go down there and you got to build that program up. Yeah. But from a financial perspective, it makes it more one, sense to go to Miami. You're not going to be able to do it in a year. <laughs> and my point is, is teams like Tennessee – 
Memphis, Vanderbilt. And this doesn't just have to be football. It can be across the board. Florida State, Florida, UCF now, that they're in a big boy conference. Miami, Texas, Texas Tech, Baylor, Texas A&M. All those schools should be preaching that. I mean, singing the praises of not having a state income tax. Hey, listen, you're going to make more money here. Even if they're offering you a little bit more here, guess what? Well, look at all the guys that went to a- go to A&M. That program no, hasn't been worth a thing. No, but they've, they've got no state income tax. Right, but I'm just saying. Like, But now you're getting rumors of guys not even seeing money from them. Well, you know, that, Evan that's Stewart said it. Walter Nolan has said it. Like, Be careful. What, well, there's a reason Jaden Rashada didn't go to Florida. Right. Now, there have been rumblings about a couple players that were promised some things here that weren't getting it. I mean, Jack Luttrell, the guy didn't even see the field. I don't know why he's yeah. complaining. Like, dude, you were like one of the lowest rated recruits that we had. Yeah. It's like you're not going to get the same money as Nico. Like, that's not how this works. Nobody it's like nobody's going to pay you $2 million to come up here and warm the bench. Yeah. Basically a be a practice star, squad. star, corner, yeah. or whatever he Just is. Just to be a practice squad member, essentially. Yeah, special team. Yeah. Compared to a five-star, all-everything quarterback. Yes, and a quarterback <laughs> that's probably going to lead us to a college football playoff within the next two years, maybe even next year. Yeah. You never know. But now that you know that, does that change your perspective at all on where you would go? I don't think so. Marcus, you already picked Miami. You're riding with me. Yeah. We're going to be holding up that, wearing the turnover chain. Buddy, I love a good Cuban chain. I'm going to get me a Cuban chain here in about 45 days. I'll see you guys when we're on the national spotlight. Right. Y'all have fun Weekend. doing seven and five. Yeah, yeah enjoy that. <laughs> Hang on. Hey, that's fine. We'll go you're to not, prom- You're going to be. I'll have a hard time even getting in the, those clubs when you're Buddy, on that's the fine. football team. <laughs> that is fine. I'll be fine down there. First class. Hey, that's fine. Mark and I will enjoy all the Miami subs and Cuban sandwiches and Prime 112 that we want. Go get fat, then. Don't get drafted. <laughs> he and I are already there. First of all, first of all, unnecessary. Second of all, <laughs> second of all, you you think that we're not going to be able to turn that program around? Heck no. You think that I won't throw for over 40 touchdowns no. in a season? This ain't no, NCAA no. football, man. Come on. Not yet. Listen, I, you know, I'll tell you what. As soon as that game comes out, my first team I'm, I'm going to be joining is Miami. I'm going to prove you wrong, Jack. We'll play. You're, our, you're we'll play. starting out as about the third, probably. You think I'm third string? Well, maybe. Probably starting off. You're probably a good three-star coming in. Three-star? Yeah, Miami can't get anything three else. Star. Miami can't get anything else right now. No, I'm, I'm a five-star that's chosen to go to Miami to turn things around. That's what that's what Jake and I are. We're the five-stars choosing to turn a program we around. We saw what Shadur Sanders and Travis Hunter have done to you're Colorado. A, you're a five-star that decided five. to be a third-string third so third. so Marcus, exciting. look up turnover chain in the system and add it to my bumpers real quick. <laughs> look up turnover uh, chain. It's in there. Okay, it's going to take me a while, but for sure. I mean, here's the thing, man. You go down to Miami. I love Miami. I love everything about Miami. I might even become a Dolphins fan. I might even become a Dolphins fan. I might become a Marlins fan. They're not bad. I love Miami. Do you? What shirt am I wearing today? Heat. Yes. Three-time NBA champs. Do I need to play right now? How do you like that scuffle with the Pelicans? Jimmy Butler. Golly. Oh, it's just a game. But all that matters in this situation is Marcus and I are headed down to South Beach, and all you're going to hear is us singing 
the turnover chain song, which I very much love. Forty touchdowns. This is a whole lot. season. So you guys are gonna have a lot of turnovers? Is that what you're saying? Because you no. guys aren't going there to play defense. No, but if I do want me to swap positions, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna be holding that half a million dollar chain, and as soon as my DB comes off the field after just being the ball hawking safety that he is, I'm gonna throw that turnover chain around his neck, and we're gonna celebrate because we are. Actually, we are not the Miami Hurricanes. We're the Tennessee Vols. I'm like uh, I'm like uh, Hunter for Colorado. I, I Hardly play, a hurricane. I play anymore. both sides: quarterback and linebacker. <laughs> Category one hurricane, maybe. Hey, we're dangerous. Marcus, your new name is Cat Five. Cat Five. Yes. Category Five, like what they consider hurricanes. All right, put it put it on a put it on a fan run jersey. I'll take it. Hockey jersey. Marcus. You have the nickname the Cat Five. <laughs> I, it's better than other nicknames I've been given, so you know I'll take it. Cat Five. Cat Five. I number like forward. it. Really like it. Stay with us. Final segment of hour number one coming up right here on Fan Run Radio. Rev up your savings at Volunteer Auto Group, your one-stop destination. Final segment, hour number one. It's Fan Run Radio. Guys, go check out Sun Upholstery and Fabric over on Oak Ridge Highway. Let Stan know you heard about him right here on Fan Run Radio. Joshy Boy is up first today. What do you say, Joshy? What up, guys? Hey! Hey! Jake, uh, as a big Miami Heat fan, I know you are. Did you watch that fight Friday, and what did you think about it? I wish Jimmy would have got a few more punches in, and uh, hate that he's uh, getting punished out of the whole ordeal. It escalated for no reason, really. How many? uh, Don't mess with Jimmy. How many games is he suspended for, Jake? What's that? How many games is he suspended for? I think it was just one. Two. Two other guys got three. I think Alvarado and uh, I don't even know the other guy from guy, my Thomas guys, Bryant. Yeah. yeah, the guys who were throwing the haymakers that were, that came off the bench got yeah, three. Yeah, and then yeah, Jimmy and Marshall, the other guy that the two that were choking each other, uh, got one. I was about to bet the Heat that night, Jake, but uh, turned it down. You turned it down. They won, yeah. right? Yeah, they won. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they've won three in a row. They're, they're playing good basketball now. Brad, uh, what do you think about our Lakers? Do you think uh, they'll get in the playoffs this year? Probably not. Well, they maybe not in the top six. I mean, they took a loss last night, yeah. yesterday to the Suns on the Be road. careful. LeBron's going to trade y'all. Yeah. Okay. That's true. So, well, uh, what did you guys think about the Tennessee game Saturday night against Texas A&M? Well, Joshy, that's what happens when you see the antics that we saw a few weeks ago. That's what yep. happens when you do that sort of stuff and then you come up to Knoxville and you know we got revenge on our mind knowing that we're going to be playing for an SEC regular season title and then you just get your ass whipped. Yeah, you do. I mean, that, that's what happened. Is Texas A&M rolled in here and we just flat out whipped our ass. That's the way it should have been. It's what we should have done down in College Station a few weeks ago. Tennessee should at least be one, maybe two games ahead in conference play right now. 
Now, that's our own fault, but at the same time, you know, when you do the antics that you do, like they did, Buzz Williams running out to the logo to call timeout, whoever it was that threw down the dunk over Tobey and hanging on the rim for about what seemed like five seconds, you do that, something's going to be in return for you and you might not like it. There's consequences to every action in life. That's the thing. There's a consequence to every action, whether it be positive or negative, in life. So, do uh, you think the Vols can go down to Alabama Saturday and win? Yes. Yeah, I yeah, definitely. I really hope they go down there Saturday and win because I really want to win the SEC regular season title. I think it helps to have Auburn up first. I mean, that way you don't look yeah, ahead. That's true. I mean, yeah. with Pearl and them coming in, I mean, we kind of owe them. I, what they've beat us the last two years, I think, and at their place. It's nice to have them actually come up here for a change. Um, you know, yeah. so th- that's a good thing with these last four. It really gets you ready for the postseason play. I mean, these are four quality opponents, four NCAA teams. Obviously, you're, you've also playing. For, you're playing for something. Uh, the double bye, because if you do slip up against these four teams, you could be. You could be out of the top four in the SEC, you know, and we have proved to be a little bit inconsistent. You know, we beat Missouri, but we didn't play well. You don't. You start like that against any one of these four teams, you're going to lose. So, you know, you need to come out with a good start, and, you know, you're going to be fired up, and I mean, you should have your eyes on the prize, which is the first seed in the, the conference in a regular season title. Yeah. So, uh, is it pretty much over with uh, the – NCAA since we won the preliminary injunction? Uh, it's not completely over, but that was a huge step in mm-hmm. getting that uh, finalized this past week, Joshy. I mean, it just, um, you know, as we were talking about with Rusty, you know, it just seems like this is this really is the end. Like, we're not just blowing smoke. Like, it really seems like the NCAA is about to crumble because they're, they're really going to have no governing authority after all yeah. this is said and done. It's And the rule was so vague as it was. It wasn't like it was cut and dry. It's like, hey, you cannot do this, but you can do this. It was, you can't do it here, but you can do it here. But it really didn't make any sense because once they had committed, you could start making the promises, but you couldn't make the promises before they were committed. But the thing is, they're still a high school player. They're still a recruit. Until the national signing day comes and they sign their national letter of intent, nothing is set in stone. You can make a hard commit. To somebody, you can make a hard commit to Tennessee and then flip to Ohio State on the very last day. I mean, that's just how the world works now. Yeah, I agree with that. So, uh, guys, if we go three and one in the final four game stretch, does that do enough for us to get the one seed? If we do what now? Go three and one in the final four games. It, I think it'd be tough if you went three and one, but I mean you're still in contention with that. I mean these other teams are going to drop. I games, feel like man. the I feel like three of the one seeds are kind of locked down right yeah. now. Like yeah. UConn, Purdue, and and Houston seem to have kind of locked that down. Um, so you're really battling what North Carolina, ourselves, Arizona. I think are really battling out for that fourth one seed. Well, the thing is, Arizona's going to flame out come tournament time. They always do. Well, Ever yep. since they won it all, they have not done anything in the tournament. Well, no that does, I mean, that has no effect on right now. I mean, who gets a one seed? But I do agree they have struggled. But they, they, I can't imagine them looking at that. And there's been talk about, oh, they want Arizona be on be that fourth team on the West Coast. So they have a West Coast team, which is ridiculous. You know, if you're 
deserving the one seed, give it to them, but uh, can't just give it to them because they're on the West Coast. It's ridiculous. I mean, yeah. Um, so I mean, I, I mean, I'm I'm hoping we go four and zero, but three and one. I mean, if it, you're telling me, I mean, it depends on who the loss is to, maybe, and how it happens. Uh, you know, I think the worst, the easiest game on their schedule left is at South Carolina. I think they've kind of, you know, kind of stepped back a little bit. Um, you know, they haven't been as impressive as they were. Um, so it'll be, it'll be interesting. You know, I, I'm really hoping for the one seed in the tournament. That'd be pretty sweet. I think Tennessee has uh, the better strength of schedule than North Carolina and Arizona and like all the rest of the metrics. Don't you guys agree? I think Carolina has more quad one wins than us, maybe by one or oh, two. Yeah, yeah, I, did, yeah, I think, I think now I know they, just off the top of my head, I obviously they play Duke again, but we'll see about the yeah. Duke situation with their best player after that garbage that happened this weekend. Uh, but you know, I know they, but they, we, they've also slipped up to some teams they sh- should have beat, you know, uh, at home and things like that. So I don't know. It's going to be a fun last couple weeks of the regular season to really see. Yeah, where out it, the door, Jake. I wanted to get your thought on uh, should Court Stormans be banned? You guys have a good day. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You know, we saw this once this year with Caitlin Clark and how she kind of leaned into it when I forgot who, I think it was Ohio State that stormed the court after they beat Iowa in women's basketball. I mean, if you're going to waste one of your fines on that, then, I mean, that I, I don't even know. You're not going to get to do it in football, I guess. You're probably not going to be doing it much in men's basketball because your basketball team is awful. But if you do it in a women's basketball game, Caitlin Clark leans into it and initiates the contact. So, who is it on? Is it on the fan or is it on Caitlin Clark for initiating the contact? Same with Kyle Filipowski. The guy initiated the contact. What, because he was getting taunted? Sticks his arm out, then sticks his leg out? Basically, Grayson Allen's a guy? Here's the thing. Just because you're upset, and this goes for John Shire too, just because you're upset that your team is not a team that gets to storm the court because you're heavily favored year in and year out, that does not mean that you can just advocate for banning court storming if you want to do it the right way and get your players off the floor if you know what's coming get your players off the floor that should be your first priority as a coach not going to shake hands your priority should be getting your players off the floor getting them back into the tunnel and and duke has done this before it might have been north carolina did it one of the two carolina schools have done this before they knew that court storming was about to happen i think it was actually coach k pulled all of his starters basically put the walk-ons in for the last five seconds got them close to the tunnel, they got out of Dodge. That's how you handle that situation. I mean, it's a really easy fix. They they can, you know, a couple seconds left, the game's over. Like, if it's a four- yeah. or five-point game like it was. Get the team off the just floor. Just pull them to the side. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, I would agree. Get them in the locker room. Then let them storm the court. I'm a player, like, celebrating a victory. Could be jumping up and down. Like, a Wake Forest guy could have come down on somebody's foot in the crowd. Yeah. You know, like – I mean, I kind of agree. I mean, he. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, know, I can see it both ways. I mean, if it happened to connect, that's the equivalent of what it was because he's their best player. He's going to be a first-team All-American. I mean, if that was connect, we'd all be up in arms too. Barnes would be upset about it, you know. So um, there's a lot of court storming, and nobody else seems to be getting hurt except the people that initiated the contact. I mean, and that's what Phil Kowski did. I mean, he did. He initiated the contact, and I'm not going to listen to anything that John Shire's Joe Burrow-looking ass has to say. Stay <laughs> with us. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two of the G.I. Jake Show coming up right here on Fan Run Radio.
the superbly versatile all-electric EQB 